May I speak to you, Mrs. McGee? Yes, dear. What about? I'm a little worried. I've missed my last two periods. Well, that's all right, dear. You can make them up after school. What is that? What is that? What is that? They're eating her. That wouldn't do it at all. Oh, God, that's a bird. And then they're going to eat me. This isn't plans one through eight from outer space. That's a bird. This is plan nine. this off like the bandstand guy from the first one yeah yeah i i don't remember anything other than he just had that kind of like strong 50s announcer voice yeah and uh it's actually all i have to say about that but this one was not the 50s yes uh (laughs) welcome to bad movie date night the podcast where my wife and I discuss terrible movies and we share our thoughts and opinions with you, the listener, and sometimes we talk about dating advice, but mostly it's just asking whether or not we think that these couples are going to stay together after these movies. Yeah. I am Nigel from com, and with me, as always, is my wife, Caitlin. Hello. And this week, we are talking about... The 1982 film, Grease 2. And this is going to be a very interesting discussion because, one, Caitlin loves the first one. Right, because it's a good movie. Two, I'm indifferent towards the first one. That's just wrong. And And arguably, I have less experience with the first one than Caitlin does. And because of that, I was able to watch this movie and kind of evaluate it as uh, its own thing. And it's still bad. Uh, Meanwhile, Caitlin's over here getting mad and elbowing me because certain songs in this movie are very reminiscent of the first one. A lot of songs are very reminiscent of the first one. I just want credit where credit is due. So... Well, like I said, this is going to be an interesting conversation. I almost regret doing this movie because of how fired up Caitlin will likely be. Only if you start knocking the first one. I mean, my opinion is just going to go to the fact that I am indifferent towards that movie. You should not be indifferent. It's a great movie. And arguably, I enjoy the soundtrack in the second one. No, no. See, it's stuff (laughs) like that that you say that makes me mad. No. It's not, it doesn't have a better soundtrack. I'm not saying that. Oh, you already got me out of 10. (laughs) Just saying, I might like the soundtrack from the second one. Then you're deaf because only deaf people would say that this soundtrack is better than the first one. Okay. You really wouldn't start me off at a 10? I mean, I didn't intentionally try to start you off at a 10. I was just sharing, you know, what I uh, was thinking. Well, I was wrong. Okay. Because, oh my God, don't even get started. Hopelessly devoted to you? Oh my gosh, that song. Okay, but Um, like the first one doesn't have Do It For Our Country. That's Okay. Uh, it has other songs. It has Grease Lightning. It doesn't have Cool Rider. No, no movie should have that song. No movie. Uh, it doesn't have a song called Prowlin'. No. Or a song also about prowling. reproduction. No. Okay, I'll give you Do It For Our Country and Reproduction and that's it. Okay, but like I kind of enjoy Cool Rider. No. Cool Rider's got this like cool, cool kind of like ooh, ooh, early rider. 80s. Like a cool ooh 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 rider. It just makes me think of a song that Eric sings on Boy Meets World. Boy Meets World sings a song similar to it. It must be good. No, I like the part of the Eric's song is better. where she goes C U U L R I D E R, something like that. What? She's, she spells out cool rider, and it's oh. like, oh, this is fun. 
Oh, yeah. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. It was not. Yes. Uh, Beauty school dropout. Look at me, I'm Sandra D. What was that song that Rizzo sings? Now you got it all up in my head. So this movie was directed by Patricia Birch, who was credited as a miscellaneous crew member on the first Grease. I read an article that said that she did the um, choreography. Choreography thing. I mean, that that might be, let's see. Oh, yeah, she's a choreographer. Yeah. Because she did the Stepford Wives, First Wives Club. Which is why the dances are so similar in the in the two movies. She did Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. Ooh, that's gonna be that's gonna be one on our podcast. So, very interesting to see that someone who's a choreographer uh, came back and directed a movie. All of her other directing credits are Cindy Lauper videos. Oh, just fun. a handful. Um, let's see. What did these guys write? Ken Finkelman wrote Airplane 2, the sequel, which no one has good things to say about. Well, same with Grease 2, so. He did a lot of sequel movies, didn't he? Um, I'm looking through it right now. It's not a whole lot of things that he has credit on. Uh, let's see. And then we got Jim Jacobs. Oh, he did the original Grease, so he's credited with characters. Same with Warren Casey. So this is a prime example of a studio saying, you know what, the first one did well, so let's do another one. What a mistake. Do you want to tell what them the fun information that you learned about the franchise possibilities and where that ultimately went? Oh, yeah. So they wanted to have four Grease movies. The first one and then the second one, which was supposed to be called Son of Grease, which that title doesn't even make sense but I wish it was called Son of Grease. And then the third one they had part of a script for, but because the second one did so bad, they scrapped the script and Disney bought it. And because of that, we have High School Musical. So all of you losers out there can thank (laughs) Grease for giving you High School Musical. Specifically Grease 2. No, they had a they had a plan from Grease One to do oh, four. Really? Yeah, they had a plan from Grease One that to do four is movies. Bonkers. Yeah. Um, like most sequels, this movie walks that fine line of trying to do a lot of the things that the first one did that people really liked, while also doing new things, and. This movie probably could have done more to distance itself from the first one. Right, because I felt like it was an exact replica of the first one. And there were a couple things that they did with the story that, in hindsight, you wonder why they even bothered at all. Because they decided to not include certain things because they were worried that it was too similar to the first one. Yeah. Like, Johnny was supposed to be Danny's cousin. Mm Mm-hmm. Which, like, would have made a lot more sense. Yeah, than that British guy being Sandy's cousin. Yeah. That would have been... Yeah, that didn't make any sense. No. Because she was from Australia in the movie, right? Yeah. And then he's like, I'm from Britain. It's like, that's like two whole continents away. Because she goes, how are things down under? That's how I remember. Oh, because down under means Australia. Yeah. Um... What there was something else that you told me about. What was the other one? Um so I mean they were supposed to fly off. Oh in yeah. the motorcycle. Yeah, in a weird alteration from the first one, the greasers which mind you, this movie takes place two years after the first one. Yes. The greasers in a span of two years decided they aren't interested in hot rods anymore. They're interested in in motorcycles motorcycles yeah and their rival gang also drives motorcycles yeah it's the first one they drove cars it's almost like this one should have taken place in the 70s or later 60s rather than when it did yeah 
Um, there was something else too. I don't remember. Uh, the other thing that we want to point out is that this was stars Michelle Pfeiffer. So that's fun. Um, not really an early role for her. I mean, it was still kind of early, but like not the first thing that she ever did. Cause she had lots of television appearances and Max Caulfield, Maxwell Caulfield. That's a very British sounding name. Yes. Uh, who you might be saying, who's that guy? Fun fact, Michelle Pfeiffer, this movie did not affect her career at all. Mm-hmm. Maxwell Caulfield definitely affected his career. Yeah. They he said he was supposed to be the next Michael Caine. And uh, if you want to see something crazy, Peter Frechette, who plays Demucci. Kind of looks like a cross between Andy Samberg and Danny Pudi. Oh. So that was very... Oh, yeah. It was very confusing the entire time. Yeah. I really wanted it to be Andy Samberg. Right. If we could remake Grease 2... If Grease 2... He should be the main guy, but he should be in that movie. He's hilarious. If Grease 2 was a parody... Yeah. It would be Andy Samberg. Yes. Yes. That would be amazing. I would love to see a Grease-style movie made by the Lonely Island. Oh, my gosh. That would be amazing. Because we got Hot Rod, which is great. We got Popstar, which is also great. Yeah. They did something else. Now Grease. And now let's do a Grease movie. Oh, that would be amazing. Uh, Who else is in this movie? Well, we have Didi Coleman, who plays Frenchie in the first Uh, one. It's just Didi Khan. Khan, sorry. Didi Khan. Eddie Deason comes back as Eugene. He also plays the know-it-all kid in Polar Express. And he also plays the nerdy guy in Midnight Madness. Right. And there's another character uh, from Midnight Madness in this movie, too. So, boom, Midnight Madness connection. Yeah, who is that guy? I'm not sure of his name. Yeah, I don't either. Oh, yeah, Dennis Stewart returns. He is the uh He's the head of the, head of the of the rival gang in both movies. Hey, what um what year did Grease 2 come out? 1982. All right. So, the guy who plays the rival bad guy who's supposed to be in high school? Yeah. He is 35. And he looks 35. He looks closer to 40, but yes, he does definitely look I mean, look he 35. looks like he's he looks like he's lived a life. It, yes. And he's been through it. Yeah. But we are to believe that he is a high schooler, so. Right. Um by that. Oh, I guess before we get into the plot and everything, mm-hmm. we should point out the whoever wrote this movie, Ken Watched Finkelman. Watched the first one and said I could do that. Yeah. And then did that. And then did that. (laughs) But then he said, what if the man changed for the woman? Yeah. And you know that he probably walked into some studio exec office, pitched that movie, and everyone was like, mind Mind. blown. No, I think the choreographer was credited with it being the switch. I mean, whoever came up with that idea. Because she's a woman. And she was like, I want it. I want to see it the other way. I don't know. I read an interview where that's basically what she said when she was brought on. Or like, I don't know. I mean, either way, you know that they, whoever pitched the movie. Right. Told some studio executive and they were like, yes, love it. It's the greatest idea ever. Mm -hmm. It's... It's so simple. How did we not see it the first time around? Right. Because reasons. I don't know. It's a silly movie. Yes. And um, I don't know. What do you want? What do you want to say? Anything else? Um, no. It's a silly movie, and it has a. Interesting cast. Michelle Pfeiffer is interesting lead role. I mean, I don't think she does a bad job. Um, 
I think that she is very talented, but... Although this is one of those movies where you see an actor or actress that you know they're good uh-huh. and you question whether or not they've ever been good. Yeah. She was definitely overacting and I don't know how much gum she had in her mouth by the end of filming, but I swear she must have like jaw surgery after this movie because she just kept popping the gum. Kept? Popping. Um, this is my favorite part of the movie when he showed up in the silver motorcycle outfit yeah so let's just like kind of jump into it so i was trying to think of like how we would do a summary for this movie because i felt like this movie did not have a plot well i think we'll just do the best that we can okay so we're back at right out high mm-hmm. it's 1961 mm-hmm. to put this into perspective it's Again, it's two years after the first one. Right. So the people that we are seeing in this movie are meant to be, they were sophomores Mm -hmm. when Danny and Sandy were doing their thing as seniors. Right. T-Birds and Pink Lady. Oh, here's the other thing about this movie. This movie relies way too much on you being familiar with the first one. Mm Mm-hmm. Does nothing to establish the T-Birds. I, how many times did we pause the movie so I could ask you questions about the logistics of T-Bird <laughs> pink lady relationships? Probably like four or five times. Probably. Yeah. Um, yeah, you definitely have to go into this movie knowing who the T-Birds are and who the pink ladies are and what their role in the school is. Like in many ways, this movie is better to watch without having seen the first Grease. But you really need the first Grease to understand a lot of things in this movie. Or you could just watch the first one and then not even bore yourself with this one. I think the second one is worth watching. I don't know. Look. I'm not sold. Look, there's a whole dance sequence at a bowling alley with a song called Bowl Tonight. Because <laughs> we're going to bowl all tonight. Or, no, it's called Score Tonight. Did I say bowl tonight or did I say score tonight? You said bowl. Okay. But, yes, we're going to score tonight. Yeah. And they're talking about scoring Because it's a metaphor for sex. Yes. Everything <laughs> in this movie appears to be a metaphor for sex. Which is arguably the first one, too, but just done better. I don't remember the first one having as many grotesque metaphors for sex as this one does. Chicks will cream for Grease Lightning. I mean, like, I get it. Like, there are, like, okay. The first Grease movie was toned down significantly from its stage play. Mm -hmm. It was an off-Broadway show. If you want to know all the differences, you can Google them. But it was definitely a little bit edgier. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they got to keep a little bit in there to keep the, the men and parents interested while their kids are watching Grease. And, you know, you got to get that money from the high schools and the middle schools that want to do the Grease musical. Uh, but, yeah, all that to say, I don't remember the first one being as grotesquely sexual as this movie was. Meh, I think it was worse, but... You think the first one was worse? Yeah. I kind of regret not watching the first one again with you before this one you. because of how much I forget in it. Yeah. I mean, I think you should watch the first one. I'll watch it. You just want to watch the first one <laughs> to watch the first one. Yeah, I like it. Uh, it is It is very sexual. This one is very sexual. Uh, we've been doing a lot yeah, of sexual we movies. Need to <laughs> we need to find up. like some crappy gritty horror movie horror movie yeah should have done one of the nightmare on elm streets that we just watched those are the 3d one oh my gosh i just i don't want to watch that again for a while yeah yeah um okay so they sing the song back to school which is like a different band and no one's really singing but like at some point the kids start singing but it's literally choreographed the exact same way that the opening song in Grease 1 is so you know it's Well fine. because you got to start off the same the year the same way, the same way you know it's tradition for the senior class to to 
carry the mantle of the, the last class. Yeah. It's so they basically just sing a song about going back to school. Right. And we meet the pink ladies again. And yep. Stephanie, Michelle Pfeiffer, is mm-hmm. the leader. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is not interested in Johnny Nogarelli anymore. And he's the leader of the T-Birds. Mm-hmm. In an, a different universe, he was Danny's cousin. Just to reiterate that. Yeah. Head canon is that he is Danny's cousin. Yeah, pretty much. That because they wanted him to be. All of the T-Birds in this movie are morons. Well, they were in the first, except for Kaneki and um, Danny. They were in the first? Yeah. Except for Kaneki and Danny, yeah. Oh, like the same names and stuff? No, not the same names, but they were like morons. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah. I'm just saying that Johnny himself seems to be a moron. Oh, yeah. And incapable of leading the T-Birds in the same way as Danny and Kaneki. Right, yeah, they kept them in line. Yeah. We meet Michael Carrington. Uh, he is a English exchange student who is living with his uncle, but it, friends with Frenchie. No, no. So he's living with Danny and Sandy. Sandy and um, Sandy said, "Hey, like Frenchie, since you're going back to school too, look out for my cousin." Totally missed that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because he said, I, "I'm living with my aunt and uncle," and he said, "My." Then they said. When your aunt Sandy said you were coming. So it's not his cousin, it's his aunt. Or cousin. You're sorry. Yeah, but then whenever yeah. he is in the bomb shelter, he's like, This is my uncle's bomb shelter. Oh, you're right. So he must be living with his aunt and uncle, so it must be the cousin. Yeah, it must be the cousin. I don't yeah. know. Uh, See, this fact, movie's already not making sense. Right. Fun fact he lives in a bomb shelter. Yeah. And it's kind of dope. And I think it was like they didn't have enough money to pay for a house, so they're like, let's just use this tunnel. Yeah. Because you never see a house, but in Greece One you see a That's one true. house. You don't ever see anyone's house in this movie. No. Not even like the outside. Also, I did not realize that the pink ladies had a leader. Um, it was Rizzo in the first one. Yeah, that makes sense. But, again, Stephanie did not seem like a leader of the Pink Ladies. Well, I felt like she did, but she just didn't, like, care. Like, like she was, like, a loose leader. She was like, I don't need to be a hovering leader. You guys just do what also, I say. Also, I feel like she just didn't care anymore. But like, Yeah, I felt she like did. she was over being the Pink Ladies, but, like, to the benefits that came with being a Pink Lady. Which there do not appear to be any benefits other than no. <laughs> maybe you get that sweet pink car when you become a pink lady. And that sweet jacket. And those jackets that you have to apparently return because yes. that was a whole dynamic that I did not pick up on in They're the, the first They're the same one. jackets. Well, right. Well, that is interesting. Didn't even think about that. But I did not real like, I assumed the T-Birds and the pink ladies were like a thing. Mm-hmm. But I didn't realize like they were like a thing thing that they were like <laughs> dating each other thing. Yeah, you can only. D- well, I don't think that's established in the first one. Exactly, and then like in this one, they're like, "Got to give back the jacket if you're not going to date me." Right. But like they wait the entire movie after she told him that she wasn't interested in him several times. Right. So, yeah, I think that movie established that role. Were the T Birds as rapey in the first one as they were in this one? Yeah. When they sing Summer, Summer Lovin', I think Putsy was laying on the the bleachers looking up a girl's dress. Yeah, and I then said they like, rapey, not perverts. Well, then they like flip like, up girls' yeah, dresses during the uh, cheer yeah. thing. And then... Also, I'm just now learning that there is a T-bird named Putsy in the first one. Uh, yeah, it's like they have weird names. I don't even know what the T-Birds names were in this one. Yeah. But I feel like the first ones were way weirder. Uh, so Frenchie's going back to school because we need that first movie cameo yeah. from one of the original cast and not just the teachers. Mm-hmm. Interesting fact about her, she disappears about two-thirds into the movie because they didn't have a complete script and she wasn't able to finish filming no they didn't want her to finish filming oh. so they recorded like the first half of the movie with her and then they're like 
No, this is this is too similar. This I told you they started like freaking out that it was too similar to the first one. So they're like, we're just gonna drop it, and then you just never see her again. Yeah, you know, and those minor changes like a carnival turned into a luau right. really make a big difference right. in this movie. <laughs> they're like. It'll be a luau. They'll they'll never get the reference. And then whenever they, and then sing, they sing that song, like boom shakalaka, instead of um a chang chang a changity chang shabop, yeah, there's like a boom shakalaka, and it's like what? Yeah. What? Um, <sighs> let me see. Let me see. Oh yeah, so Michael sees Stephanie and is like, "Oh, I'm super interested in that." Mm-hmm. Doesn't make any sense. Well, can we talk about why Frenchie goes back to school? Because she wants to start her own cosmetics line. Yes, because she dropped out. They literally throw this away. Like, they, I don't even know why they gave this exposition. I think it was for, like, Grease fans of the first one to be like, oh, I remember that. But basically they were like, Frenchie's back at school because... She had a little trouble in tinting class. And if you remember the first one, she dyed her hair pink. And in this one, she goes, yeah, I dyed my hair pink. It was like an Easter egg, which is what the waitress says to her. And then they now she's like, I'm going to do cosmetics instead. But it was just like so much exposition. I feel like. And what did her life, character add? N- nothing. Right. Frenchie was not important to no. the story. I feel like. I was better off not knowing the first one. You think so? Well, okay. So, like, there are some egregious things that this movie does. Yeah. First of all, what do we know about Stephanie in the first scene? She She wears pants and she chews gum. And they made it like pants was like a big deal. But first of all, this was the 60s. And secondly, Rizzo wore pants. Actually, Rizzo and Marty wore pants several times in the first one and no one said anything to them like they wore them to class like it was not a big deal yeah but like later in the movie she also is wearing pants and no it is one, not a big deal so yeah. like i didn't understand that at all that was a weird thing that they did yeah. so uh she gets in trouble for wearing pants and she has a skirt in her locker and just like rolls her pants up yeah and so you're like oh she's the badass chick because she is wearing pants yeah that's exactly what's going on. Uh, so, okay. Michael is infatuated with Stephanie immediately mm-hmm. because he sees her put on a skirt and I guess he likes the bad girls. Yeah. Or like, that's kind of like the underlying theme to Greece is like someone is always interested in the bad person. But right. Like they have a heart of gold. But but no, no, because let's let's talk about this one though. Michael, he doesn't do anything that makes you think that, like, he has a heart of gold. He doesn't do anything that makes you think that. he. We don't even know if he is a bad boy. Like, yeah, he wears right. sweaters. No, was, he doesn't have a team. I was talking about Stephanie in this one. Like, oh, he's that she the one has changing. a heart of gold? But, like, we don't know anything about her. But we don't know her. anything about right. her either. So, right. no. But, like, in the first one, I'm just saying that, like, you can understand that Danny has a heart of gold because that Summer Lovin' song sets it up. Right. We talked about this. The Summer Lovin' song does a lot to set up everything that you need to know about the first one. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that this movie comes along and is like, yeah, these people have never seen each other before, but he decides now he needs to be a T-bird for her. Yeah. That's actually like the only thing that Frenchie does in this movie that they could have easily given to Anyone any other else. character. Like Eugene. Yeah. That would have been a good one. Yeah. Frenchie explains to Michael that he needs to be a T-bird to date a pink lady. Mm-hmm. So he decides he's going to buy a motorcycle. Uh, we skipped over the bowling alley scene, which, I mean, that is that is what it is. He goes to stalk her at the bowling alley because he knows the T-birds and the pink ladies are going to be there. And that's when we have the song, I'm going to score tonight. Yes. Uh, he... Anyways, uh, oh, she, why did she kiss him? Because, um, what's his face? The main guy. Johnny. Johnny's like, you're my woman. And she's like, I'm nobody's prize. I kiss who I want, when I want. And then he walks through the door and she kisses him. After an old man comes through the door. And then there's like a laugh because reasons. She's like, I'm not going to kiss that old man. 
and then this pretty much like seals the deal. Michael's like, like, I got a kiss and I'm interested in this. Uh, so then he asks her out at the talent show practice. Yeah. Which seemed very odd that there was like a year long. That was supposed to be, I think the bandstand. Like that was, that was their bandstand, I think. Yeah. Didn't they mention bandstand at the beginning? Yes. So you kind of think, oh, this like, is going to be like the same thing. Right. But then they do this talent show instead. Yeah. This is a very elaborate talent show. Yes. So he's playing piano, asks her out. That's when she sings Cool Rider because she's like, I'm not interested in you. I want a mysterious motorcycle man to be mine. And yeah, me off my which, feet. like, I just have to say, a lot of people praise this movie because they say. That Danny made Sandy turn in the first one into a bad girl. But Danny never asked Sandy once to change. There was no song in Grease 1 that said, you better dress like a pink lady because I don't want to be with you. In fact, Danny does want to be with her just the way she is and proves it several times throughout the movie. She decides, I want to be this way. And she approaches Frenchie for a makeover to do it. Now, in the second one, Michelle Pfeiffer just straight up tells Michael, I'm not dating you because you're not a cool writer. You don't have a T-Birds jacket. You don't have a motorcycle. I'm not interested in you. So I don't want to hear anyone say anything about how (laughs) Danny made Sandy turn in the first one. And then praise Grease too because the man changes for the woman. No. She tells him that he has to change. You don't see that in the first one. So I'm, no, no more. We're done. We've all learned the things about this and we're not going to praise <laughs> Grease 2 anymore. Uh, two things. One, you did give me an opportunity to dust off your soapbox before you got on it again. <laughs> uh to, I, and going along with that, that is exactly why the first movie makes a more compelling story. Right. Because you, the whole movie is like this struggle of like Danny wants to be one way, but he's got to keep up appearances to be another way. Mm-hmm. This one is none of that. Right. It is Michelle Pfeiffer... <laughs> Saying, I want this, and Michael saying, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, great movie. Yeah. Good conflict there. Was the conflict supposed to be that he died? There is zero conflict in this movie. Let me, epi- let me let's just jump ahead real quick. Okay. Let's epitomize this. There are several moments in this movie in which the rival gang shows up on their motorcycles, mm-hmm. and you think, yeah. this is it. Right. We're going to see... Gang versus gang brawl. First of all, the T-Birds are a bunch of cowards in this one. Yeah. Yeah, they would never do that in the first one. They fought. Yeah. Second of all, that fight does not happen. Mm -mm. In fact, I'm pretty sure it's even the T-Birds who chase Michael at the end, not even the rival gang. Yeah. You're right. Um... Because when Michael does get his motorcycle and becomes the cool rider, he shows up, sweeps Michelle Pfeiffer off her feet, and then as soon as someone else with another motorcycle shows up, he's He's like, I'm out. But he usually does it in a way that's really disrespectful to other people's property, like driving on top of a police car. Yeah. Which seems very out of character for him. But again, that's what I'm saying, though. He could be a bad guy and just, like, didn't have a motorcycle and wasn't a T-bird yet. Right. So, like, maybe he does just drive over cop cars. We literally know nothing about him, so we yeah. don't know if it's out of character. We don't know anything about him by the time this movie ends. No. Except he learned to ride a motorcycle. And we don't know anything In, like, about... one montage scene. Did yeah. you like that? He learned to ride a motorcycle in one montage scene. Well, he also repaired the motorcycle himself. In like half a second. So you would think that if you have no knowledge of motorcycles, you probably don't know how to fix one. 
Right. Granted, he seems very smart, but like English class smart, not right. motorcycle right. fixing smart. Oh, we, yeah. They gave us that one scene where he was reading a book about how to make friends. No, he was reading the book. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He like used the book to ask to learn how to ask someone to play bowling. Yeah. So are we supposed to just assume he's socially awkward and a nerd? I don't know, because he threw the book away. So yeah. I don't understand. That, I anything. mean, that book didn't help him. No. So it was probably a good thing he <laughs> threw it away. Um, how does he get the mo- money for the motorcycle, you ask? He writes papers for the T-Birds. Mm-hmm. And says apparently they actually care about getting good grades, which didn't seem like something that the T-Birds would care about. No. The T-Birds in the first one flunked. We have the reproduction. Oh, we here's the other thing about the, the T-Birds in this one. And this is one of those reasons I, I paused. I was like, you know, are they supposed to be like tough guys or not? Because they go to gym class. Mm-hmm. First of all, they went to gym class. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And all of the kids who thought they were too cool for school at my school, they either didn't go to gym class or they sat on the bleachers the whole time. Right. But the T-Birds, they change into their gym clothes, but then also wear their T-Bird jackets. Mm -hmm. So it was a very mixed message of whether or not they were supporting class, but also not. Right. They didn't want to get in trouble. I feel like they were more softies in this one. They were 100% softies. Uh, we have the reproduction song with uh, the Mr. Stewart. That's a great song. Lots of fun. Then they're at the bowling alley, and there's like some miscommunication, and they think that they're going to fight the rival gang, but then they don't. But then that's when Michael shows up as the mysterious motorcycle guy mm-hmm. and uh, drives around, confuses the gang and kind of doesn't he like knock them off their motorcycles and stuff while he's, they're chasing him? Yeah, just by driving in circles, though. Um, and then in one of the worst rapiest scenes of the movie, <laughs> uh. Lewis takes one of his pink lady friend mm-hmm. to the bomb shelter that Michael is sleeping in. Michael's not there. Yeah, Michael's not there. It's just the two of them. Mm-hmm. But a couple of the other T-Birds are outside with an air raid siren. And he gives this whole speech about how they might... Dot, you know, they the world might end, and then he sings the song, Let's Do It For Country, in which he says we should have sex because it's the right thing to do. Uncle Sam wants us to. Uncle Sam wants us to, and your mom won't mind. Yeah, because, because Uncle Sam told us to. Yeah. And then uh, she finds out that they're trying to trick her. Yeah, which, I mean, at least she found out. She seemed kind of dumb. Yeah. But that yeah that was that was uh, not a good scene. Yeah. Um. Then uh, Michelle Pfeiffer and the cool rider go on a motorcycle ride and. Oh yeah, fun fact about her: she did her own motorcycle stunts in this. Yeah. There's like a little bit where she does some like swinging around this individual on a motorcycle and. Apparently she did that herself. That's, I mean, it's impressive. That is impressive. It's also terrifying. I would yeah. never do that. Nope. Nope. She's not even wearing a helmet. Yeah. And um, the cool rider says he'll see her at the talent show, and she's confused by that. Which is like, oh, uh, duh, don't you think he's a boy in your class? Yeah. Also, yeah, she's really confused by it, and it's like, okay, don't you think that maybe he just goes to your school? Right. Then Michael tutors her. She still doesn't know that he's the cool rider. What did he tutor her in? English. I do not remember that. They're at the burger place, and there's some inside joke oh. between the two of them about ketchup that I did not understand. Um, that's when uh, Johnny's like, you got to give me back my jacket because you're not in the gang anymore. But then we just skip to the talent show. Mm-hmm. and uh, No, right before the talent show. Start. Right. But it's yeah. like the night of the talent show. Yeah. And we never, there's no follow up to the jacket situation. No. Um, so the cool rider shows up 
to meet with Michelle Pfeiffer. And they run off, but then the T-Birds are chasing Michael. Mm -hmm. And he drives off of a ravine and they think, oh, he's dead. Did you did you think he was dead? There was like a brief second where really? I thought, what if this movie ends with him dying? I I I was like I think, I mean, I didn't even think twice. I was like I didn't even think anything of it. I was just like, okay. Well, okay. So when it here this is uh I didn't really think that maybe he died until she was singing the song. And then had that, like, vision of him in the silver jumpsuit. Yeah. And then I thought, well, maybe he is dead. Maybe that's the lesson of this movie. Don't is ride motorcycles. Don't ride motorcycles. And don't tell people to change and then you'll date them because they will make boneheaded decisions. Yeah. I mean, that would be a valuable lesson. Right. This movie would arguably be better if Michael died. Yeah. I However. Mean, at least teach something. Here's the thing that confused me about this, though, right? So Michael, it is established that Michael is playing piano for the talent show. Mm -hmm. He goes off the ravine. They go and they do the talent show. Things are moving very smoothly for the talent show. For your piano player not to be there. Right. For We don't see any person say, oh, where's Michael? Mm -hmm. So I'm watching this assuming that in order to keep it a surprise, we're just not seeing Michael play the piano because they want us to maybe think that he's dead and just kind of overlook this leap in logic. Yeah, but I feel like we did see him in between those scenes. Maybe. It would not surprise me if we did because of how sloppy this movie is. <laughs> uh, in the middle of the girl for all seasons, also it's the end I'll of the school year, the by the way. Yeah. Uh, Stephanie, Michelle Pfeiffer, breaks down, starts singing this song about how she yeah. loved... She literally jerked all of her friends who practiced in this talent show and then said, screw you guys, I'm going to sing my own solo. Yeah, and the song is about how her love will make turn back the hands of time. Yeah. I think that's actually Maybe the Maybe she the brought him back to life by singing that song. Maybe this is a movie about the power of music. Or the power of love. Or the power of love. Uh, she wins the talent show award, which is kind of a jerk move on her yeah. part. Yeah. Um, also, oh, at one point, the T-Birds sing a song called Prowlin', which when you look up on the Urban Dictionary means that they're looking for people to have sex with. Yeah. After all of the pink ladies deny them. Again, leading to confusion as to the relationship between the T-Birds and the Pink Ladies, or whether the T-Birds are just a bunch of horny high school kids with leather jackets. It's probably that one. But then you find out that Prowlin' is the song that they sang for the talent show. Which is inappropriate. Very inappropriate. And then we go to... You know what was the biggest travesty of this whole movie? What? That they tied up the people who were going to sing Mr. Sandman. Yeah. Mr. Sandman. You just hear the part of the Sandman that everyone gets in there. I know. Everyone gets stuck I in their head. I wanted them to sing it. So then they have a luau, like we said at the beginning, instead of a carnival. So I want to know what the time elapsed was between the talent show and the luau. I think, like, days. Well, so Michael is missing for days? Was he in the hospital? Was was he dead? And he and her song slowly brought him back to life. I don't know. It was. It did seem very stupid for him to. And uh, no one cared about him for days. Then Michael should not want to be with Michelle Pfeiffer because she didn't care about. She didn't even know he was missing. Right. And he was like tutoring her. Yeah. Uh, you would think that if for a guy that asked you out like three times over the course of the year that. You might wonder what happened to him one day. Right. Um, the other, the gang, the rival gang shows up again and they're like, we're going to ruin your luau. But then Michael shows up. And After this is being where, missing for days. And this is the part that confuses me because, all right, the pink ladies are like, Michael. And the T-Birds are like, Michael. Which 
again, we have no reason to believe that they know now who the cool rider is. Right. Because he still hasn't taken his goggles off yet. Right. Even the teachers go, Michael. Right. So apparently he was missing (laughs) and or dead and did not show up to play piano for the town show. And nobody cared. And nobody cared. (laughs) Nobody cared who Michael was before he put on the mask. (laughs) Nobody cared after. This, Yeah, that's true. Um, Michael defeats the rival gang all on his own. All on his own. Because that's what happens when you have a motorcycle learning montage. Yeah. <laughs> he gains the ability to defeat an entire motorcycle gang that the T-Birds themselves should have faced. Right. And then, um, then they hook up and, um, they do a yearbook kind of ending like the first one. Yeah, they sing that Raymond Lam and Ding Dong song, which is essentially the same song they sing in the first one. Yeah. And then they do the same exact dance that they do in the first one where they well, link right, arms and Right, because it's tradition to end the year that way. The way that they began with yeah, the same song. Exactly. And then they did the yearbook montage. Yeah. Which, whatever. I mean, I'm not saying you can't use anything from the first one. I'm just saying they used a lot. And then for them to get like weird about like, oh, we don't want it to be Danny's cousin. That would be too similar. Yeah. And even you were telling me that some of the the tunes of the song sound oh, very similar to the first Oh, are very similar. One. Very similar. Yeah. Oh, and the, I think it was a talent show song. I think it was a talent show song. I read that the choreographer just took the same moves from Beauty School Dropout and put it in that song. And it is the exact same moves. So, you know. Yeah. Really creative stuff here. I would like to talk to June Day and Raphael. 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 From the How Did This Get Made podcast, another podcast that talks about bad movies. Yeah. Arguably better than we Definitely do. Definitely better than us. Uh, and more fun than just the two of us. <laughs> we are amazing. We are pretty great. We're like the social high, the social lights of uh, all the parties that we hey, go to. Our podcast was on the charts in Finland this week. So, Ooh. you know. Uh, no, I mean, no, the big wait, difference with us and how did this get made is that we're just not as famous as them. Yeah, that's all I wanted to that's say. That's it. Um, but I do want to talk to her because I just want to know her thoughts because it sounds like she saw Grease 2 during very formative years of her life and I saw Grease 1 during very formative years of my life and they both seem to impact us differently and I just want to get her insight into how she felt this movie having never watched the first Grease And if I recall correctly, on their podcast, she said that she never saw Grace one. She didn't see it until after or something like that. I thought she still hadn't watched it. I have no idea. And that's mind boggling to me. Because Grace one is just such a terrific movie. And I remember watching this movie as a kid, Grease 2, because I was really excited because Grease 1 was amazing and I was obsessed with it and I knew like every song. Anyway, I was so excited to find out there was a Grease 2. So you could imagine my disappointment when my grandma put in the Grease 2 VHS and this crap played. I was so angry. I... Didn't like as a kid. I don't like it now. I don't know why it is even a movie. And I'm mad the High School Musical is a thing because of Grease, but whatever. Here's a fun fact that I just found out. Apparently there's an Indian film called Premalaka, and it is pretty much Grease too. Oh, that's exciting. Loosely inspired by it. Um... We should watch that. Um, hey, what was your favorite song in Grease 2? 
favorite song in Greece too. Yeah. It's definitely a tie between Do It For Our Country and Reproduction. I definitely, I enjoyed them both, but I really liked Let's Do It For Our Country. Yeah, that, I mean, that song is way too serious for what it's actually yeah. singing about. <laughs> yeah. And it's probably the world's most elaborate attempt to get, to get laid. To get laid, <laughs> exactly. And that's why it's so great. Reproduction is just ridiculous. Yeah, it's pretty funny. I would highly recommend at least looking up the soundtrack to this movie if you're not going to watch it. Yeah. And then listen to Grease 1 soundtrack and you'd be like, oh my gosh, that's such a better soundtrack. And then watch Grease 2. So here's what you do. And then watch Grease 1. Watch Grease 1. Listen to the Grease 2 soundtrack. Listen to the Grease 1 soundtrack. Then watch Grease 1. Okay. And then watch Grease 2. No, no, no. You start... Yeah, with one. Wait, wait, wait. Grease 2 soundtrack, watch Grease 2. Grease 1 soundtrack, then watch You're going to start Grease 2 first? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you listen to the soundtrack oh, first. Oh, boy. This is like our own... Um, what's that thing with the Star Wars movies where you watch them yeah. in a different order? You know what I'm talking about, yes. right? That's like our own... It's like the Grease version of that. What and then this? you wrap it up by... All of the High School Musicals. No, simultaneously. No. You watch all three of them simultaneously. You would kill yourself after that. With Pink Floyd's <laughs> Dark Side <laughs> of the Moon playing instead of the High School Musicals. And then just go buy like a barrel of alcohol because I don't know how you'd get through that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure as soon as I introduced the Pink Floyd part, I blew somebody's mind. <laughs> They're like, wait a second. Has it, why hasn't anyone tried this before? <laughs> oh, boy. This movie did so many things wrong. From having a boy change his ways to please a girl, to not having any storylines, to all of the characters kind of being idiots in some way, shape, or form. It did not live up to its original Grease one. Its predecessor. Yes. I mean, on top of all those things, it commits some pretty egregious storytelling issues. Primarily, we don't know who these characters are even when the movie is over. Correct. Because one, for the T-Birds and Pink Ladies, it relies on you watching the first one while also establishing some weird rules that mm-hmm. the first one didn't. And then also just kind of developing this relationship on a lie. Mm-hmm. So let's uh, just transition into, uh, are they going to last? Probably not. No, no, um, they will not last. If he really is a cool rider deep down inside, unlike Danny who had a, was a bad guy with a heart of gold. Uh, he's probably going to beat her in about a year and a half. Yeah. Or she'll be bored of him like she was with, uh, with Johnny, Johnny, because Johnny was a cool writer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not really. He was arguably not cool. Well, the, the T-Birds in this movie were again, not cool. Yeah. So. Kaylin's just standing up because her <laughs> she's getting onto an actual soapbox now. <laughs> I did not know that she had that off in the corner. Let me tell you why Grease One is amazing. <laughs> we would be here all night if I did that. Yeah, we don't have time for that. I, I have some Lovecraft Country. I'm going to make a second podcast about why I love things. <laughs> And nobody's going to listen to it, but I'm just going to go on rants and I'm just going to talk about why I love certain things, like why I love Grace One, why Boy Meets World is amazing, why every 50s and 60s sitcom is pure gold. So I think that would be a good podcast. I don't think anybody would listen to it, but I would get all my rantings out. Um, so on our definitive bad movie date night ranking list, just kind of reel you back in, <laughs> um, I want to put this under the Garbage Pail Kids movie. That was a bad movie. Where's that? 
right there. It's right in the middle. I would definitely rewatch Spider Man three before I watch this movie. Okay, we know that. <laughs> I would rewatch that. What is it? Rewatchability and rewatchability. How bad it is, and the amount of fun that you had watching it. I think is what we remembered. <laughs> <laughs> I had a lot of fun. I did not this. have fun watching this yeah, movie. You were very angry. You were visibly angry watching this movie. So, like, the Meg? Um, no, because it's pretty bad. Yeah, I would put under there. That's fine. Yeah, see, it's like, it's a good middle ground bad movie. It's overall pretty mediocre. Yes, mediocre but still, is a good word. Uh, enjoyable. Is this our first musical? It is. It is our first musical. That is bonkers. And I love musicals. Yeah. I mean, well, there's this one not... Well, not good. Oh, no, because Garbage Pail Kids had a lot of songs in it. Well, they <laughs> just had that one. So is that really a musical? <laughs> no. I don't know what that was. And if um, that was our first musical, I'd be very mad. Yeah. Jason X is a musical, too. Um, is it... What? No. <laughs> 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 I was like, wait a second. I didn't watch that. I'm imagining a lot of these movies now as musicals, and let me tell you, there's a lot that would not be on this list if they were musicals. Uh, like Ghost of Girlfriend's Past, the musical. Killer Clowns from Outer Space, the musical. The musical? Sleepaway Camp, the musical. Yes. Um, I mean, just you could put mu- the musical after all of these. You know, it wouldn't be <laughs> Plan good. Plan Nine, the musical. Yeah. Um. No. Actually, everything after the Meg. No, Attack of the Killer, the Tomatoes, the, the musical, musical would be, that'd good. be good. But pretty much dolls, from the Meg the musical, down, that would be no, no, weird. No. The '87 Dolls would be much better as a musical. The, ni- the, the oh, 2019 no. one. No. That movie doesn't work. Any way that you change it. Yeah, you're right. Um, the rest of those would not be good musicals. I think there is a Thanksgiving musical though. No. I'm I'm like ninety percent sure that there is. I want everyone involved with that movie to just go live in a hole. That is the worst movie. And you know what? We're gonna watch the second one this year. No. No. Thanksgiving the musical. Is available to listen to. No, I don't want to. Let me just say this. The first song on the album is called Boobies. Oh my gosh. Um, This is amazing. And I am going to search high and low for a video of this so that we can um, talk about it on our podcast. Oh my goodness. Hey, what's our next movie? Uh, you know what? I really want to do, uh, Book of Shadows, Blair Witch 2. Okay. But, um, who knows? Maybe it'll change. Getting ready for the Halloween time. It is getting ready for the Halloween time. Although, arguably, our podcast spends most of the year talking about Halloween time movies. (laughs) Nothing wrong with that. No. Um. We did a lot of rom-coms, so. Yeah, we've done, you know, I think we have a healthy balance. Mm Mm-hmm. So, um, you know what? Go watch Book of Shadows, Blair Witch 2, and uh, maybe we'll talk about it next week. We'll see. Okay, um, no, but if you want to watch a bad movie, you should watch Grease 2. And if you want to watch a good movie, you should watch Grease 1. And um, just enjoy. Yeah. Uh, again, we do not have social media anymore so tell all of your family and friends to download it send them a link to their favorite podcatcher of choice like apple podcast or spotify or amazon i think we're on amazon now uh tune in pandora google podcast all of the podcast places and um i'm pretty sure october 2nd if you like good music a new album by the band Individual. I don't. What do you call someone? songwriter? Singer Composer. songwriter. Yeah. Paper Compass. His next studio album, Long Live the Nights, will be released on October second. Highly recommend that you listen to it. Uh, there's already been some singles out, and Go check it's those uh, out. pretty good. Yeah. Pretty pretty good. Yeah. And we will talk to you next. Is week. that kind of like a Halloween theme? 
No, this no. one is not Halloween. Okay, my bad. It was supposed to be released in June, I'm pretty sure. Okay. So it is not Halloween themed. I do not think he's doing a Halloween EP this year. Oh, disappointed. Yes. But still going to go check out his uh, album. album, yes. Yeah, because it's going to be great. Yeah. And um, we'll see you guys next week. Okay, bye.